Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 16. Here's Pastor Ryan. Father, we thank you this evening again for your goodness in our life. And, oh Lord, you crown the year with your goodness, with your faithfulness. And we are just so blessed that you've given us this place, this house, this church, Lord, to come and worship you and be warm and enjoy each other's company and grow in you. And we pray for tonight, Lord, to be a special night that you would just speak to us clearly, Lord, that, Lord, through your word, you would make us stronger, healthier spiritually. You know where everyone's at in their walk with you tonight, and we just pray that all of us together would draw closer to you as we study your word. Father, we pray for the power of your Holy Spirit to guide us into truth tonight, Lord. I can do nothing, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I pray, Father, speak to us. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 16. And give me an Amen once you are there. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, the Lord says to the church at Ephesus, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear with those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have uh, persevered and have had patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. It is such a blessing that we're in this chapter tonight, chapter 16 of 2 Chronicles. Uh, this portion of Scripture, uh, to fall on this last Wednesday of the year, last midweek, is a blessing. Because in our story, King Asa, who had walked with the Lord so wonderfully in his early reign, and, and even in the middle, in tonight's scriptures, portion of scripture, he forgets the Lord. And so if there ever was a message for the church today is to not forget the Lord, to not forget your first love, but to uh, reinforce your walk with the Lord. Our walk with God is important in all points of our walk with him. At the beginning, it's important when we come to Him by faith. And then in the midpoint of our lives, it's just as important. But then at the end of our lives, it's even more important how we finish, not how we begin, but how we finish. I think all of us should look at our walk daily as if it's the last day that we get to walk with the Lord, so that no matter what point in our lives we're at at the beginning of our walk with the Lord in the middle of our walk or towards the end that we treat every day like it's the end that way we make sure to finish well amen 
So it says in verse 1 of chapter 16, In the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Baasha, king of Israel, came up against Judah and built Ramah, that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. And so we're told in the previous chapter that there had not been war for 20 years. In the previous chapter, you remember, uh, there was great victory for Judah and Benjamin against the Ethiopians and how uh, they they came up with a million men and, and God gave them the tremendous victory when they were out manned two to one. They had 500,000 men versus a million Ethiopians. God gave them the victory and the prophet came and spoke to them and said to them, as long, the Lord is with you as long as you are with him. In other words, you got the victory because your heart was set on seeking God. And so no matter what the odds were for Asa, Judah, and the rest of his kingdom, it didn't matter because God was on their side. And so they were blessed. And all the people gathered together in Jerusalem and they made vows to the Lord and sacrificed 7,000 bulls to the Lord. And, and they sought the Lord with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their strength. They were totally devoted to God. And then we're told in the very last verse of the previous chapter, in verse 19, you see it there, it says, And there was no war until the 35th year of the reign of Asa. And so the previous war was in the 15th year of Asa, and he had 20 years of peace. But now, in this year that we're reading, in this part portion of Scripture, Baasha, king of the north, came down to Ramah, which is about six miles north of Jerusalem, and it borders the northern kingdom of Israel from the southern kingdom of Judah. So he went up along the border, and he makes, his, he makes Ramah this fortified place. And what he's trying to do is to prevent his people from the north coming down into the southern kingdom and settling there with Asa. We were told in the previous chapter that the people were actually leaving the northern kingdom because they realized that God was with King Asa in the south. All of the south was, was worshiping the Lord there at the temple in Jerusalem. And those who, who were stuck in the northern kingdoms, those other, those other tribes, they began to come down in, in high numbers because they wanted to worship the Lord. They left everything that they were um, used to, their family, friends, their lands, God was worth it that they came down to worship the Lord. It was just, it's a beautiful act of worship of the people, and it teaches us a lot of things. That when people desire to seek God, when their soul is thirsty for the truth of His Word, that people will drive for miles, they will, they will make great changes in order to worship the Lord. They knew they couldn't get it up in the northern kingdom for Baasha was worshiping pagan idols and golden calves and crazy stuff. And, and, and yet the, the people up there who desired God made the trip. And King Baasha, the reason why he went up against Judah and built this fortification at Ramah, at the border, was to prevent his people from going down 
uh, there in worshiping the Lord. I believe that there are many people on the move today. We know there's plenty of people leaving California. They say that Gavin Newsom is the greatest realtor of all time. He is getting people to sell their homes and lands and move to other states. Oh, forgive me, Lord. But people are moving, you know. And one thing that we did see through the whole pandemic thing is how people shifted around and would find themselves to churches that were open because their churches had stayed closed or have never even opened up again. And so we've seen people on the move, and I just believe that in today's day of wokeness, in today's day of humanism, in today's day of, uh, of uh, churches compromising the Word of God in order to be relative to the culture, that there's going to be more movement than ever before. That's just my, my hunch. I feel the Spirit speaking to my heart that be open to the fact that people will move to the churches that are sticking true to the Word of God. I mean, if we believe what the Apostle Paul told Timothy concerning the Word of God in, in, in light of the last days, then we can see this reality happening. Turn with me to 2 Timothy really quick, chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Beginning in uh, verse 1, and give me an amen once you are there. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearance and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So he charges young Timothy to preach the word, that there's going to be a day when people do not endure sound doctrine. We are living in those days. You can go across the world, across America, and you will see churches that, you know, seem alive at first glance. Huge productions. Long, uh, you know, sessions of worship, music. And then when you get to the Word, the message is lacking. It may make everybody feel fluffy and nice and wonderful, like the world is filled with sunshines and ra- sunshine and rainbows. But the reality is that they are, they're not warning the people about sin. They're not warning the people uh, to repent. They're not uh, warning the people that judgment is coming. In fact, they make no uh, bones about it. They don't, the, the, the ministers who 
who preach those messages, they, they make no apologies. They say it out loud. We don't want to make people feel bad. They say that they feel bad all week long. The last thing they need to do is go into the house of the Lord and feel bad. But I don't believe hearing the truth of God that challenges us and brings conviction to our heart is, is, a, is a bad thing. It's a good thing, actually. There are times when we should feel bad, when we should feel shame. It's when the Word of God and our lives aren't matching up and we may be living in sin or, or, or you know, doing something to offend God. Those are one, it's good to feel bad so that we change. But we're living in those days that uh, seeker-friendly churches, as they're called, are they're out there. We want to stick to the Word. Though these churches, like I said, they may seem, you know, like, like there's a lot of things happening. When you go get down to it and look at the fruit, the lasting fruit, it's, it's in, in desperate want, it's in desperate need. In these last days, the road's going to be narrower than ever, I believe. And I believe that the churches that are preaching the truth, the pastors that are not giving into the culture or relativism or humanism, but are sticking to the word of God, whatever church does that is going to be blessed of God and people will find their way there. I truly believe that. It's going to be a shifting. And even in our story here, we, we see that there is a, an effort by the devil to prevent these northern uh, Israelites from coming down in the form of King Baasha, right? But it's really Satan preventing them from going down and getting there. And I think that we need to be praying as our church in Sweet Hills, knowing the times that we're living in, knowing that there's people that are hungry and thirsty for the truth in these last days. There are, most people will not endure sound doctrine, but there's a remnant and there are, are, are many few that will find their way to the churches that are teaching the truth. Does that make sense? I have been blown away uh, over the last three years with blessed comments that people have made concerning our church. Things like, we don't get this at our church from visitors. Or, uh, our, our church doesn't, or what does it say? Uh, what did I write? Other churches aren't talking about the things that you guys are talking about here. And so I've just been blessed by comments like that, and we want to continue. And we needed it. They were timely because, you know, you, you, you stick your neck out for the gospel, for the truth, warning people, telling them to get to church, telling them to test all things, telling them there's a, there, you know, don't just believe everything that you see on the media or that people tell you. Seek the Lord about these things. And so, you know, you stick your neck out. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And then to just see the blessing has been a blessing, but we need to pray because in our story, that's what Baasha was trying to do is prevent that. And people will stay in the wrong places for the most foolish reasons. And we got to pray that people uh, are open to the Spirit of God, you know, telling them it's time to go get fed somewhere. And I'm not saying our church, I'm saying churches that are honoring the Word of God. 
Like people will stay at churches, oh, because they have a good kids program or, oh, my wife has a lot of friends there and stuff. Listen, friends are good. Keep the friends. But go get fed on Sunday and hang out with your friends the rest of the week. But you need to go where you're going to be taught what's going on in the world today and what's going on according to the Bible. Does that make sense? Amen. Then Aesop, verse 2, brought silver and gold from the treasuries of the house of the Lord and of the king's house and sent to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, who dwelt in Damascus, saying, Let there be a treaty between you and me, and there was, and there was or as there was, between my father and your father, See, I have, I have sent you silver and gold. Come, break your treaty with Baasha, king of Israel, so that he will withdraw from me. And so, Asa, it's been 20 years. We don't know what he's done in 20 years. But here, uh, uh, Judah is threatened. And so he goes into the treasury of the Lord. He takes the Lord's money out, the gold, the silver, and he sends it to the king of Assyria. And says, come, come and, 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 and help us with this situation. Break your treaty with King Baasha. It, you know, scare him. Get him out of here uh, for us. And uh, so that he will withdraw from me. Verse uh, 4. So uh, Ben-Hadad heeded King Asa and sent the captains of his armies against the cities of Israel. They attacked Aijon, Dan, Abel, Maim, and all the stored cities of Naphtali. Now it happened when Baasha heard it that he stopped building Ramah and ceased his work. So it seemed to have worked, guys. Then King Asa took all Judah and they carried away the stones and timber of Ramah, which Baasha had used for building. And with them he built uh, Geba and Mizpah. And so it's, it, it seems that his plan work. He took the Lord's treasure, he sent it to this pagan king, Ben-Hadad. He, came, he sent the captains down. They checked uh, Captain Baash, and they stopped building, and they left. And then King uh, Asa and all of Judah, go, they go up there, they take all of the building materials, and they build these Fortify Geba and Mizpah. You see it and I see it. It's a very sad thing here that King Asa, after being delivered by God so greatly 20 years before, and I mean great. I mean, it was an impossible uh, feat for any man, but it was God who did it. And his hosts, they gave him victory over a million Ethiopians with half the size of an army. God did it. God had blessed them tremendously. The treasures, the, the loot from them. I mean, he was just so blessed. And what happened in 20 years that now he's, he's hit with another invasion that he would respond differently. Rather than going to God, he gets the, the treasures out of God's house and sends it to a pagan king in order for him to help him. And everything seems right. Pagan king sends his captains. They clean house. And then Judah can just go up there and gather all of those uh, materials and fortify these other two cities. But it's a very sad thing. 
because he forgot God. He lost confidence in God. And that could never happen to a believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who was born in a manger, he has all the power in the universe. Nothing can come against our God and win. Nothing. Not yesterday, not today, or forevermore. There is not an army on the planet or in the universe, both seen and unseen, and I mean demons, spiritual world, nothing can touch our God. And our God promises that we are His children and that we are loved by Him and that we are more than conquerors in Him and that stronger is He who is in you than he who is in the world. It is promised that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It is promised time and time again that nothing can touch our God. How did he forget? 7,000 bulls of worship and sacrifice and honor. He had all the people honor God. He removed his mother from being queen mother because she was worshiping pagan gods. Esau did so many reforms. He got rid of all of these Pagan idols got rid of all of the old junk. Reminds, reminds me of me when I got rid of all of those movies. And some of you may need to get rid of some movies and some shows and some things that are just filthy and bad. God help us to discern. That's it. Those are the idols of the world. Whatever things are lovely and of good report, holy and true, I'm going to meditate on those things and find our entertainment in other places. I mean, this guy got rid of all this junk and God gave him tremendous victory and here he is forgetting. How did he become forgetful? The Bible doesn't tell us how, but he did. He forgot God. He forgot confidence in God. No matter what you're going through, don't you understand that God will get you through it? That God will give you the victory? Nothing can touch you. All you have to do is remember who you are. Remember who God is. Remember, and that you don't fight the wars by the flesh, but of the Spirit. The problem with Christians today is they don't want to fight in the Spirit anymore. It takes work to pray. It takes work to study the Word of God. It takes work to come to church. It takes work to serve them. The things that give us the victory take work. Like God sitting there with the biggest cannon to come and save you. But he's waiting for us to pray. He's waiting for you to flip open that Bible regularly so that his word, is, you're, you're saturated with it so that faith increases. And you're not worried anymore. You're not doubtful anymore. You're not anxious anymore. You're strong. But it takes work. That's why he told the disciples at the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm sorry, could you not pray one hour with me? All of this talk of, oh, if they all forsake you. Oh, I'll never leave you. Peter said that, but they all said it too. And they couldn't even stay up and pray with him. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we need to get our flesh in, in shape for godly reasons when the world's going to make all these New Year's resolutions about dieting and all that. We should take care of our body so that we can pray longer, so that we can read 
you know, the word. All of it takes, it takes energy that, frankly, a lot of us don't have. But, you know, he, he, he bought your spirit and your body with a heavy price on the cross. And like he told Moses, who, who, made the, who made the mouth, you know? Who made you? We're all, we're all made out of the same them thing. Our all energy, our time, our money, our tissue, life, flesh, our and bones, our joy, our peace. We've given that to There's nothing that, that we can't we're change over it. Christ. Give Think about that. Jesus. But anyhow, he forgot. We don't know why. And he put his trust. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.